Amen. If you've got your Bibles, turn me to Hebrews chapter 11. This is our third message we've talked to you. We started a few weeks ago on the series of faith, faith. And uh, we hadn't got too far. We've just got down to the first two verses, but we're going to step it up tonight and go to verse 3. And uh, <laughs> we're, going to re- we're going to really get busy tonight. Uh, and so we want, we, want to look at, we want to look at this thing called faith. Faith is one of these things, one of these areas that, that many times you'll hear people talk about, especially ministers, uh, Sunday school classes, whatever. And so if we're not careful, we get to take this thing, we, we take it for granted many times. But there is a whole lot with faith that we, really that could help us and uh, uh, strengthen us with, I guess, when we understand what this, what this area of faith is so often especially in Pentecostal circles. If something that we've been praying for doesn't come about or doesn't happen the way that we think that it ought to happen, we get discouraged. And we think that we don't have the faith that we need, which that's really the opposite. I'll I'll show you that in just a little bit. Every one of us, as the Bible said, has been given a measure of faith. And as we grow and as we mature in Christ, that faith then begins to begins to be built up. And so our part then as God's people is we got to continue to keep on continuing, right? Keep on keeping on, in other words. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and allow God to, to come in and to build the faith within us. I want to show you something tonight in Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse number 1. This is, we, we've read this the last two weeks. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We talked, uh, we talked a, a whole lot about this over the last, last couple of weeks, and we'll mention it again tonight, about of, of things that we believe, but yet we do not see them. We, I, we haven't seen God, but yet we believe God. We, 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 we don't know the time of, of His return, but yet we believe that He is going to return. He said that He was going to return. Matter of fact, we brought it down very simplistic to where we can't see the wind, but we can feel the wind, those things like that. But the Bible says... That faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. We'll get into a little bit, a few weeks from now, get into some of these elders that we're talking about here in this scripture. But here, here's what I want you to understand in verse 3. The Bible says, by faith we understand. Everybody say understand. understand. I want you to think about that word just a little bit. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed. By the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. By faith we understand, we believe that, that the worlds were framed. Last week we talked about faith, about it being sure and certain about things that we don't see, but yet there are things that we believe, that we trust in Almighty God. Basically, it's our response to the revelation of God. It's, it's the things that He's already showed us in His Word, maybe through, through the Word of God, but also maybe through prayer and a word that maybe God has spoke to us by the revelation that, he is, that He's revealed those things to us. And even though we may not be able to tangibly touch them, okay, we still believe by faith that they exist. So in essence, if God spoke it, we have a response after that. We can either choose to believe it or we can choose not to believe it, right? If God said something and we know that God said it, we have a choice that that is a response for you and I. That is an opportunity to allow our faith to grow, whatever response that we're going to have. I can choose to just ignore 
whatever God said. And by doing that, <clears throat> I, I, let me, I don't want to get way out here on a branch. By doing that, I don't know that I'm going to miss heaven, but I'm not going to build my faith either. Are you following me? If, but if I choose to, to accept what God says, that allows my faith to grow for the next opportunity or for the next hurdle or for the next mountain that comes my way. It, it allows the faith to grow. There's a funny story about a missionary who was working with children in the Middle East. And, and as he was traveling from, from, the, from the little uh, uh, community to another community, his Jeep, his vehicle, ran out of gas. He didn't have a gas can, but in his Jeep, he carried a little potty can. And, you know, because there's no bathrooms, no filling stations, there's no Texaco, Car- uh, Carol, uh, in, in the areas that he was in. So, so he, he didn't have a gas can, but when he did finally find a, a gas station, he used the little potty the little whatever it was, you know, some of y'all have used that. I better not go too far here with camping and stuff. But he used that little potty container to put gas in his, in his vehicle. And as he was pouring the gas in, there were some sheiks of that day that lived around there that was pulled up, and he said, excuse me, my friend. They said, although we do not share your religion, we greatly admire your faith. <laughs> <laughs> Now, they didn't know what he had in that container. They thought they knew. We greatly admire your faith. Some people, some people may view, view faith as that way, but, but verse 3 tells us more about faith and the things in this area of understanding. Say understanding one more time. Understand. The reason I want you to say that because I'm fixing to tell you, a little, give you a little clue here. So the first thing is this. Faith is about the way we think. Now, you may have never heard, never heard that before. But faith is about the way we think or the way we understand things. If I never put no thought process into what God has told me, I'm never going to grow, am I? But when I read the Word of God, faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing comes by the Word of God. And when I apply the Word of God and I, and I make it an application to my life, it allows my faith to grow a little bit. It allows my faith to stretch out. It allows my faith on the bottom level to be widened so I'm not going to be tilting over and falling by, by some wind of doctrine or whatever may come my way. Instead of allowing this pyramid thing, we have a big base instead of the top being inverted and turned upside down. You understand what I'm saying? Because when those problem areas come and those, those trials may come, if my faith, Brother David, is not where it needs to be, I'm going to get rocked away. I'm, I'm going to get tossed to and fro. I'm not going to have a firm foundation, so to speak. And, and what I've been preaching to you about these last couple of Sundays on passion, that's really what we're talking about here. If I never allow my passion to grow or my faith to grow to widen the base, then when I get discouraged... It's going to take me farther than I want it to go. When I get downtrodden, when I get upset, when people say things to me maybe that they ought not to say or whatever, and I allow that word to get into my spirit, it begins to affect me in a negative sense. Instead of understanding the word of God says, in this, in this world you're going to have tribulation. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to even think about that scripture. I don't even want to think about that script because they offended me. You understand what I'm saying? Because the, my base is not wide enough. My faith level is not wide enough. My, my understanding of the word is not wide. That's why it's so important for us to get into the word of God. So important. 
Because if I don't know what the Word says, then I can be cast to and fro, and, I, and I, can be, I can be just shifted here and there. And that's why so many people will leave this church and go to that church and leave that one and go to this one. They never find a settling place because their faith or the understanding of what they know as the Word of God has not been broadened in their life. They only take, pick and choose, so to speak, the Scriptures that apply to them. That makes them feel good that particular day. So faith is about understanding and thinking. When you think about this area of understanding, that's the key to faith. Many of us, we consider that we only have a little faith that we talked about a few minutes ago. But on several occasions, Jesus accuses his followers. You remember Jesus accused his followers, you have a little faith, right? He said, you have a little faith. And, and, and when they were fearful, when they were anxious, matter of fact, he stood up in the, in the boat of the disciples one day and said, how long have I got to be with you? Where, where is your faith? You're afraid you're going to die, but where's your faith? I'm the master and I'm on board with you. But where is your faith? When you, and, and when you look in Matthew chapter 6, about, about they, they begin to worry about the provision of God. When you look in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23, it talks about when he calmed the storm. But what is, when we understand, we, we, can, we can get a little bit about what great faith is, but what is little faith? What is great faith and how does that apply to you and I? Last week, we, we, we associated great faith with, 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 if somebody had that, we're going to see miracles. We're going to see signs. We're going to see wonders. We, we talked a little bit about that. But Jesus says that that in the Scripture, he said that only takes a little faith. You remember? As, a, as just as small as a grain of a mustard seed. If you have that kind of faith, you can say to the mountain, be moved or cast into the sea, and it'll be gone, right? You remember that? But here's, here's what I want you to understand. If you want to take notes, write this down. And we think, as, as I said earlier, that if something doesn't happen the way that we feel like it needs to happen, that, that we don't have any faith. But in reality, greater faith is sometimes needed when God doesn't do a miracle than when he does do a miracle. Why is that, Pastor? Because he's still God, and I'm still going to trust him. didn't matter if it turned out the way I wanted it to turn out or not. Or if, you turned it, or if it turned out the way you wanted it to. Sometimes the great faith in my life is going to be working more when God doesn't do something than when he does do something. Because when he does do something, Brother Larry, I have the evidence right there. It's there. I can, I can put my hands on it. I can see it. I can feel it. I can do all of those things. But if he doesn't do something, but I don't have nothing to stand on. But that doesn't mean that my faith is not there. I want to encourage you about that tonight. It doesn't mean that your faith is not there. That means maybe you may have greater faith at that moment. There's a guy by the name of Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. He wrote a book and he said this in his book. He said that faith is mainly about thinking. He said people have the idea that faith is completely separate from logic and thought and understanding. But he said it is a blind leap into the dark. But when you look at Jesus' words in Matthew 6, he says, he says that you have little faith. Think about it. He said, look at the birds. Consider the birds. Consider the flowers. Consider the lilies. Are they not taken care of? He says, they don't do nothing, but I still take care of them. They don't do anything, but I still take care of them. And, and then, he, then he asks us this question, are you not more precious than they well, that ought to make us feel good right there. The flowers of the field and the birds of the air, they do their thing. 
they chirp and they fly and they, and, they, and they grow and they blossom and all. They do what God created them to do. Boy, here's the point I want to get you. But you were created <laughs> to worship Him. You were created to give Him praise in the good times and in the bad times. When you feel like your faith is here and when you feel like your faith is there. Right? And so that's what, that's what we were created to do. And so the Lord says, are you no more precious than these? Yes, then he says, then why worry? Why worry about tomorrow when, when I'm going to take care of you in tomorrow? So what Jesus is trying to get us to think about is faith is not just a response to God's revelations. Faith is a response to our own thoughts when we get into the Word of God. Our own thoughts when we get into the Word of God about the revelation that God has showed us through His Word. When you look about the calming of the storm, the, uh, the implied message there is, just, did you really think that, that you was going to drown? He said, I'm in the boat with you. I'm not going to let you drown. I'm here. I'm not going to let you drown. And let me tell you something, church. God's with us always, right? Jesus is with us every, every hour of every day. So when we feel like that we're in a boat of life, so to speak, and it's sinking, it's drowning, don't worry. He's on board with us. He's on the board. I mean, he, he, he's going to stay there as long as you let him stay there, right? He'll stay there. And so, so faith is about being sure and certain about things that we do not see or things that we do not have. Faith, faith is not about, about kissing your brains goodbye. It's not about, about any of that. It's not about abandoning reasoning. It's not about abandoning common sense. How many would agree with me that God expects us to use common sense? When I get up every morning, I don't get up and say this, God, by faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to walk throughout this day and I'm, gonna think, I'm not going to think about anything else. I'm just going to let you take me. Now, we may say that, but really what we're meaning is we are going to make decisions that day, right? We're going to make the decisions because God's given us sense. He's given us common sense. He's given us understanding and he expects us to use those things. But in those areas that we cannot see, in those areas that we, don't, we can't do anything about, that's where faith begins to arise within us. That's where faith begins to blossom within us. And I promise you, you already know this, but I promise you there'll be opportunity after opportunity that God will give you to widen the base of your faith. He'll give it to you every day, won't he? He'll, he'll, allow, he'll allow you to go through some stuff that'll allow your faith to be strengthened. He'll, he'll allow that. So faith is not about, about abandoning the reason or thought because thought, as we've already said, is very important to understanding and vital to faith that grows in our life. So faith is affected by thinking. That's why Jesus encourages us to say, if, if, if we want to strengthen our faith, then think. Think about some things. Think about the goodness of God. Think about the name of Jesus. Think about where he's brought you from. Think about what he's, 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 he's led you get into. Think about how he saved you from this, from this catastrophe. Think about how you was on travel and you was on the road and God, that you don't have a clue sometimes of how many times that God has spared your life. And we think about those things, especially when we get into the word of God. Romans tells us, we've already said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So this word influences our thinking. Now, I've never really saw this word, to be honest with you. Faith, by faith we understand. Which tells me, Brother Adam, I've got to have some kind of reasoning there. I may not know how it was done. I don't know how he created. Other than the word says he spoke. 
into existence. We spoke. Now, some of us guys, we like to try that. We like to try that on our wives sometimes. We speak and we expect them to obey. Not all the time. <laughs> but the Lord, the Lord spoke things into existence. He spoke those things into existence. So the word influences our thinking. And so it affects us. Here, here, here's another thing for you to, for you to take a mental, make a mental note of. It affects us as we read it. It affects us as we understand it. It affects us as we study it. It affects us as we chew it up. And it really affects us when we digest it. And it gets down in the spirit man. You know what I'm talking about? That, that no, it doesn't matter what nobody says, it's not, they can't rob that from you. The word, you, you, it, and it begins to build up. So, so faith is about thinking. The other thing faith is that we can understand in, in many instances that faith is supported a lot of times by evidence. Now, there's some things we can't see, but there are some things we, we have evidence about. Faith, by definition, defies evidence when you think about it. Talks against it, defies it. But it's, but, it's, but it's untested, it's unshakable, and is therefore, it, it is a direct contradiction if you want to look at it from an from a, from a earthly standpoint in the realm of science, in other words. To people, there's a guy by the name of, by, by the name of Richard Dawkins who is, who is an atheist. And, and, and to this guy, he said faith to him was like believing in the tooth fairy. That is, he said, completely irrational in his mind. And it flies in the face of all reason. It flies in the face of all logic of his understanding of that human reasoning and understanding that, that he put into practice. But again, faith and understanding works together. It works together. Faith is not irrational. Faith is not ridiculous. Faith that you and I have is really a rational faith. It's a logical faith. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, think about the resurrection of Jesus. We believe that he rose again, the empty tomb, and there is much evidence that shows that this is the only solution to fit the facts. I don't have time to go into all of that, but we can see that from the history books. When you think about the existence of God, we believe that God exists even though we have never seen him. But there is a lot of evidence to point to it that God existed. God has revealed himself in nature around us. We see order and we see the evidence of a, that there has to be a, a God-ordained or a supernatural existence that created this world that we live in. When we look at you and I and how we're made up from our head down to our toe, every intricate detail, all the blood vessels, everything that's associated with our life, you've you, you got to understand that life, it was, uh, at conception, God created this thing. Even when you look at a little baby that has been born that, that a mama carries in the womb for those eight or nine months or whatever the case, and, and now that baby forms. That's a miracle within itself. And, and so somebody said the chances that life just occurred on earth are about as unlikely as a typhoon blowing through a junkyard and constructing a plane. We know that God had a hand in this thing. When you think about the deity of Jesus... Last week we talked about Hebrews and how we, 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 we talked about that Jesus was the answer. Jesus was the Son of God. We believe that, but there is a lot more to support that. The fulfillment of prophecy that we find in the history books. The logic that this man who claims to be the Son of God is either who he says he is or he's just a madman, but we know that he is who he said that he was. Amen? He's not in the tomb anymore. He's Jesus, and you can read history 
uh, you go back to some of those early writings of Josephus and other, other accounts of, of history writers of that day talking about this man by the name of Jesus. We talk about heaven. We believe in heaven. And again, our faith is supported by, by Christ himself who we believe is the Son of God. We believe there is a heaven. But not only that, there's a hell as well. There's a hell as well. The Bible, discoveries. Even today, discoveries are being made to which point to the Bible's accuracy time and time and time again when they, when they uncover things and archaeologists find new areas. It all supports the writings of the Scriptures, right? And so we know that faith a lot of times is supported by the evidence that we see as a basis. In the end, faith is required, but faith in God is... It's not like believing in a tooth fairy. As Christians, we, should, we shouldn't feel that by, by being people of faith, we're ignoring the evidence, so to speak, of people. We're not, we're not ignoring those things. So in respect to faith, it, it helps us and it strengthens us by the evidence that we read, by the understanding that we read, by reasoning and science and all of these things that we look at understanding that the, how this world was created and how you and I were created and, and all the things that we know to be from God. So faith is really built up a lot of times with, 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 uh, with evidence as well. Other thing that we've we got to understand, faith, faith, on the other hand, reaches parts of understanding or reaches parts that even sometimes our understanding or reasoning can't reach. We can't explain some things, can we? But by faith, we believe them. Now, you have a choice to make then, as we said earlier. And that allows your faith to grow. We believe that the world's reformed. We believe that Jesus says, if I go away, I'm coming again. We, we, we believe that, but, but he hasn't come yet, right? And so we still wake up every day believing that he's going to come. Believing that he's going to come. Believing that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Believing that one day we're going to hear the trumpet sound. Believing that he's going to gather the church up together. Believing that the dead in Christ, the Bible says, is going to get up out of the ground first, right? We believe the things that he said. But, but in those areas, sometimes my reasoning and my, my trying to logically figure it out, I can't figure those things out. I don't know how we're going to be changed in the twinkling of an eye. Ain't got a clue. But I know what's going to happen. I don't know how, how things are going to be caught up together with him in the air. I don't know what part of the air he's talking about. I don't know what part of the heavens or the atmosphere, the stratosphere and all. It doesn't matter really to me. It's almost like those things, you've heard, you've heard this old cliche that if a tree falls in the forest, does it make a noise? If you're there or not. Now, if you're there, it does. But if you're not there, how do you know it made a noise? We think it does, but we're not there to really prove it. All right? And so we put our faith... We put our faith into action. Scientific and, and science stuff is, is really a good thing. It, it's interesting when you, when you look at that, and we want to thank God for it, because Isaac Newton one time, he said this. He said, thinking God's thought. He said, that's really what faith is. It's just thinking God's thought after him. <laughs> thinking God's thought. But in verse 3, the writer says, it mentions our belief that God created the universe out of nothing. Created the universe out of nothing. Now, now, Christians many times disagree with how God did this. And we could debate that all, all day long and all night long. Some people feel like that God was responsible for what we call this Big Bang Theory. You know, he just, wham, whatever, you know. I heard just today, just today I heard that there was a, that there was a the evolutionist has, has found this lizard. Anybody hear this on the news today? 
they found this lizard that they claimed to be 900 million or billion years old. I don't know. And, and they think that the life has come from this lizard. Oh, yeah, that was today. I was listening on, on uh, it was the AFR radio station. And, and I didn't catch all of it, but basically that's what it was. They, 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 had, they, they had discovered this lizard, but the guy said the point was, he said the lizard really looked no, no different than the lizards today. It looked at the same way. And they extracted, you know, they, some of them said that they extracted the DNA from, from, uh, from earlier animals of, of what they said was billions of years old, and that's how they, they come up with these thoughts and this logic and all of these kind of things. And some believe in this Big Bang theory. Some, some believe he creates life and he's the one who, who, who drives this evolution forward. Others, others believe that evolution is deeply flawed. I, I do believe that. But, but we hold that God alone is responsible for creation. As I said before, the Word tells us and, and it gives evidence to that that God spoke these things into existence. Many of your, your science uh, people that says that the earth is so many millions of years old, there's a lot of people that debate that and, and don't feel like it's that old at all. And I ain't got time to talk about all that. And so we may differ about how he accomplished this, but every one of us pretty much hold, hold that, that it all started with God somehow. It all started with God. One of the problems that the atheist faces is that it's necessary to believe that life initially emerged from dead matter. Now, if that's the case, I believe, we, you know, you may believe that too. But if that's the case, God spoke that dead matter into life. Amen? The evolutionist believes that there were dead chemicals that one day became alive again. Even the simplest possible organism is, is far too complex to have been thrown together by any a, a non-living chemical event. They can't, they can't come up with anything. But they keep saying this. And so that's what I'm talking about. Faith sometimes, with our understanding it, we have to go to another level here in that faith. Even though I can't put my hands on it, even though I can't see it, even though that, uh, that through science I can't touch it or whatever, I choose to believe. Well, Pastor, how do you know you're not believing in a lie? How do you know that, that what you're saying is, is true or not true? You've, you've, heard this, you've heard this said before. Well, if I'm wrong, then I'm enjoying my life and I'm going to have, uh, you know, then I'll just enjoy this life. But if, but if, you're, if they're wrong, what are they, where are they going to end up? I mean, I'm, I'm not drunk every day. I'm not, I'm not high on dope. I still have my family together. Still have my children that care about me. That's pretty good stuff right there, right? But I can't tell you how many families that I know about that are fragmented today and families that are hurting today, families that are, that, are, that are deeply wounded today because they have no hope in Christ. Their faith is, it, it can't understand those things. So, so why does the universe bother to exist if that's the case? Why, what about my life? How can I be happy? How can I deal with loneliness? How can I deal with, with pain? How can I deal with grief and suffering? All those kind of things. It really, when you think about all of these symptoms here, that's where the Bible comes in and having a relationship with Christ. For those things, we simply need faith. For those things, we simply need the faith in Almighty God. How are you going to, do, how are you going to make it, Pastor? I don't know, but I'm trusting God. How are we going to get through this, this, this valley? I don't know, but we're going to trust in an Almighty God. How are we going to overcome this mountain? I don't know how we're going to get over it. But by faith, 
God can take us to those places, right? By faith we understand that the worlds were created. They were formed. There was, a, there was a, uh, an atheist philosopher, another guy by the name of Bernard Russell. He said this, he said, Unless you assume the evidence of God, the question of life's meaning and purpose is irrelevant. If you take God out of the equation, he said, you don't really have very many alternatives. And that's true. Science says the purpose of life is just to perpetuate itself. A group of people called the hedonists said this, the purpose of life is pleasure, eat, drink, and be merry. We got a lot of that going on right now, right? So why are we on the planet? And, and is there a reason? Is this all that we're here for? We've talked a little bit about that you know, a couple of Sundays ago about you know, why do we do what we do? What, where's the passion? Where's, where's the passion? I, I was telling Sister Carolyn and I think it was Brother Charles right before service. I read an article today from, uh, uh, and I don't even know, it was on Facebook, but from Church Today about 10 reasons why people don't feel it's important to attend church anymore. And they list the, the, the different reasons. Uh, they list things like, you know, we live in a society where, where most people have more money than they did, you know, 20, 30 years ago, so it gives them more of an opportunity to do more things. They, they list a reason that people have more time off their jobs or whatever, more vacation times, so it gives them opportunity to travel, uh, do more because they have more because of the money aspect. They list another reason why because of the, of the media being the way it is today that most churches will stream their services or whatever so they can get it on, on a phone or an iPad or whatever so they don't feel the need to come for fellowship anymore. They, they, they get it from their phone. They get it from the iPad. That's the societies that we live in. The other, the other thing is that some of the young people in some of the, uh, some of the 20 through 40s or whatever just feel like church is irrelevant. They, it, it, do, it doesn't mean anything. It, it's not relevant to them. And when I got to reading some of these things, even though I agree with a lot of them, and I and may bring some of that out on Sunday, I agree with some of this, but, but the, the problem that I see is, is on interwoven in that is that we've somewhere we've lost our passion for Christ. We've lost it. We've lost understanding how important it is for us, for you and I, to come together. And I, I'm your pastor, but let me go ahead and tell you tell this. And, and, and this is not going to make me look good. But I honestly believe that our fellowship with one another is more important than me getting up on Sunday morning and preaching. Now, you may disagree with that, but that, I, I, I believe that. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not discounting, I'm not saying, well, pastor, just quit preaching, let's fellowship, hallelujah. No, somebody's got to read the Bible to some of y'all. Because you don't do it. <laughs> so, somebody, somebody's got to teach you something, somebody's got to preach to you, all right? But the fellowship and coming together, that's, is, that, is that not what Acts chapter 2 said? That they done this daily. They come together, they broke bread, they prayed together, they read the scriptures together, they, they, they helped feed the poor, they helped clothe, they, they've done all of these things together. Matter of fact, many of them, many of them went out and sold their land, they sold their homes, they sold everything, and they brought the money back and laid it at the feet and give it to the apostles so that they could distribute it whoever had need. Now, of course, we live in a different day and we can't do that today. We understand that, but the point is, he, he, the fellowship and coming together is so important. But our fellowship, our fellowship anymore is by us texting one another. That's how we fellowship. 
We don't even want to call one another anymore because we want to text. Y'all already know this, but do you understand that when you text somebody and you ask a question, they text you back, you can't see their facial expressions, you can't see their body language, you don't know what they're saying. You just know what the written word is. But we know for a fact that just because it's on the Internet don't mean it's true. Just because it's in the paper don't mean it's always accurate. Right? There has been some things that they get wrong to put in the paper or put on the Internet. So this, this, is, this is our fellowship. Now, again, in saying that, I like the technology. I like what it can do for us as individuals and for our church and getting words out and messages and, and how we promote the gospel through this, but it's got to be used the right way. Okay? But those are some of the reasons why people feel like it's irrelevant then to even come to sit on the uh, pew. But a part of that is, is with our faith. We're not allowing our faith to be stretched. We're not allowing our faith to grow. We're not allowing our faith to, to do anything in our life. We're just here. We just, we just basically exist. Scripture tells us that we know that God is always at work for the good of everybody who loves Him. We know that. Just as He chose us, it, uh, chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame, before him in love, Ephesians 1 and 4. So if you don't get anything else tonight, understand this. God made you for his own purpose. He made you for his own purpose. He made you for his own purpose. Now we miss, we miss that because we feel like we've been created for me. And that's not right. We've been created for God's own purpose. We've been created for God's own purpose. He made you to love you. We were created to be loved by God. He didn't need us. Now, I hope that don't upset you, but he didn't need you. He wasn't lonely when he created you, but he made us in order to love us. He loved man. He loved his creation in the creativity of God. He loved his creation, and he wanted you and me. This, this is what we're, we're for, to be loved by God, and he has a great purpose in our life. And so when we know that and we understand that, and even how God in the, in the beginning of time came down and he walked with man, and he just wanted fellowship with man, he just wanted to be with man, he'd be with his creation. And so we've got to then allow our faith to grow and get into the Word and think about what the Word says. Think about what the Word says. Have you ever, let me ask this question, and, and, I, and I, I think I know the answer to this, but, but let me ask you just for you to think about it. When you read the Scriptures, do you ever just stop and think about what you just read? Or do you just read? Do you stop and think about it? The Bible here says in verse 3, By faith we understand the worlds were created, they were framed by the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, right? In the beginning was the Word. So this is the foundation then that we have that, that we can have to stand on. And so through this foundation, we grow. We strengthen our faith because in the end, the big issues of life are only answered simply by a relationship that you and I have in Jesus Christ. By faith, we understand, and it makes all the difference in the world. So, so don't allow somebody to tell you that you're crazy just because you believe this and you believe that. No, it's logical for you to believe that because you know that by faith, you stand on His promises. 
By faith, you stand on the word of God. By faith, you understand that the world's refrained. By faith, you understand that it necessarily wasn't a big bang theory or whatever, but God spoke these things into existence. God breathed the breath of life into you. God, God, God created all of these things. He created the lands. He created the oceans. And he created the birds of the air. He created the, the, the animals and all. He created all of these things. And not only that, but he created you too. Even today, in his creations of creating us, we were created to worship and to glorify. We are here for a purpose. Listen, church, we have no reason. I understand that we go through stuff. I understand that we go through junk, but we have no reason to be discouraged because of who we are in Christ. We don't. When you, when you understand the word, yeah, we get discouraged. I get it. But before we cross that one line we ain't supposed to cross, understand you are created for a purpose. You are created for a reason. You are created for a divine purpose of Almighty God, and God created you for His own purpose. Now, the question you've got to ask, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Those of you that, that's hunters in here, um, anybody ever, ever hunted uh, quail or, or pheasant, things like that, with, with dogs and stuff? When, before, we moved, before we moved here, we used to do a lot of that quail hunting in, in uh, Hickory Flat or Searcy area where, where Dad pastored. I, I used to love that as a boy. And I would watch, we would watch that dog, and that dog, he had a purpose. A bird dog has a purpose to, to, to snuff them quails out. But when he finds that covey of quail, he's not to go in and flush him out, right? Because his master going to get mad at him if he does that, number one. I saw Dad take him dogs and by the ears and, you know, train them and box their ears and stuff like that. You may have other things that you've done to dogs. But, but when you got that dog trained the right way, that dog would, would, would get to that covey of quail and he would stop and he would point and that tail would stick up in the air. Y'all you, you remember that? And you'd, and you'd walk a little closer and you'd, you'd, you'd whisper those commands to that dog until it was time for that quail to, to fly up and you'd be shooting that quail. That dog had a purpose. He was not to hunt squirrels at that time. He wasn't, to, he wasn't, he wasn't supposed to chase deer at that time. He's supposed to stay there and watch them birds and follow them birds wherever they go just in a, in a pointing, pointing gesture until, until the, the people with the guns got up there, right? He had a purpose. And, and he could either choose to, to stay there and obey his master or he could go in and flush them covey of quail. But I promise you, if, if, if he was a serious quail hunter, it wouldn't be long. If that dog done that very many times, he wouldn't, he wouldn't keep that dog. wouldn't feed him. He'd get rid of him and get him a dog that he, could, that he could train, that would listen to him. If, you, if, if, you, if, you're a, if you're a pet owner and all that kind of stuff, this is, this is, this, I'm, I'm not a pet owner. We, we've had several pets. But I never cared about a dog that wouldn't listen to me. If he's not going to obey me, I don't, care. I don't care about it. I don't care how much they cost. Get rid of them. I don't care how pretty they are. Get rid of them. If I can't let him out of the house and he'll, he won't come back when I call him, I chased Adrian Brian's little short-legged, stupid whatever the kind of that dog was. What kind of dog was that? What? Dash hound. Shorter legs than I have. But I chased that dog all over the neighborhood. Finally, if it wasn't for Mama to come up, the little dog run to Mama, and I wanted to kill that dog. But Now, I wasn't the owner, but the dog wouldn't listen. And I've had dogs and stuff like that. You know, they just won't listen. I, and so 
But what the point I want to make to you, that God created you for a purpose for his own. Now, now don't hate me what I'm fixing to say. But if you choose not to listen to him and go your own way, then why are we surprised by all the things and the calamities that come our way? Why are we surprised when, when, when the protection or the hand of God is taken off of us? Why, why, why does that surprise us? Why, why do we blame the church or, the, or, or, the, or, the, or our friends or our family or the preacher or whatever because of that? We've taken, we've, taken, we've taken God out of the equation because we were created for his own pleasure, but yet we ain't listening to him. But in order to do that, see, that's where faith comes in. God, by faith every day, you have, you have my back. By faith, I'm going to walk with you. By faith, I choose to accept you. By faith, I'm going to follow after you. Faith, faith. By faith, we understand, we think. It's a reasoning thing. It's a logical thing. We understand what your word says, and we choose to believe what your word has to say. Would you bow your heads? Father, thank you so much for your many blessings. We honor you. We bless you, Lord, for everything that you mean to us tonight. What a joy it is to be your children. What a joy it is to be part of the family of God. What a joy it is, Father, to know that one day and one day soon we're going home. I don't know when it's going to be. It could be tomorrow. It could be next year. Lord, it doesn't matter. But God, help us to be ready and be prepared. Let our faith continue to grow from this night forth. Let their base, let our foundation continue to widen, to grow in our areas with you, O God, that when the storms come and when the winds may come and things of this life, O God, would would bring us down, help us to have that base of faith, O God, that that we can be like Job, even though though you slay me, God, I'm still going to trust you. Let us trust in you and lean, not on our understanding, but on you, Lord, let us lean upon you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.